It's Tech for Market Explainer, your number one business news podcast. Hosted by Danny and the big man. And it starts right now. So today we got four stories for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about Sony trying to build a, an electric car because, you know, there's no shortage of electric car companies. So why wouldn't Sony get in the game? Right. We're going right. to talk about a CEO offering you $5,000 to quit. <laughs> right. Um, our good friends over at General Motors, as you know, I'm a huge consultant for General Motors. Uh, they're starting their own used car outlet. That's interesting. Two store, two car stories today. And of course, we're going to close off with our good friend, Logan Paul, my very dear friend, him and I hang out every once in a while. Uh, he's starting, he started a new drinks company with, uh, with his former boxing rival. Right. And as you know, before two fights, right. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. As, as always today, I want to remind you that our show is brought to you by Ivermectin. Ivermectin. It is not. It is not. Stop it. Go ahead. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I want to tell you about our Patreon. Um, we are all of our full length videos are on Patreon.com. So Market Explainer. Um, we are obviously doling out clips on our YouTube. But if you're looking for the full thing, it's over on Market Explainer. Uh, Market Explainers Patreon. And um, what else was I going to say? Uh, of course, check out marketexplainer.com. We are always adding new content to our um, Patreon. In addition to that, to the weekly videos, we're going to be adding other stuff as well. Uh, so. Keeping an eye, keep an eye on that soon. Danny and I are, are working on actually a promotion for mm-hmm. Patreon to, we are. to uh, get the Patreon subscribers up and stuff like that. So uh, Danny didn't know about that, so it's news to him. No. But we are working on a promotion specifically for that. So keep okay. an ear open for that. That'll be coming out soon. Sounds good. So this first story, uh, Sony, the people who you used to buy TVs from who don't really have... <laughs> Any product that is recognizable in the marketplace as being superior to Samsung or LG is now going to attempt to build a electric SUV. Well, my first experience, and again, we all know that my age gap between Danny and I, I'm, a, I'm an old. My yeah. first experience with the Sony wasn't televisions. It was a CD player, the Walkman, the Sony Walkman, wow. that 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 you a carried around on. It a wasn't Discman. a Walkman. It was, it was a Discman. Discman. The Walkman, Walkman was, was the, the tape player. The cassette player. But yes. Yeah. Well, we kind of interchanged it back then. But yes. Uh, yes, the of course Sony you old. So, <laughs> but that was my first. If you yeah. had a Sony, you yeah. were you were, uh, you you were the man. Yeah, was, yeah, I had a Westinghouse. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, they are getting... Look, this is... A couple of years ago, Sony actually created an EV... Uh, car, concept, right? Yeah, concept, yeah, concept called a Vision S. Um, yeah. And they have turned around and re-looked at this. Um, Sony, look, Sony is not going to get into building cars. No. They're, they're, they're just not, right? Uh, let, I, let me tell you what's going to happen. Here's my here's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think um, they're going to end up partnering with a large Japanese automaker. My guess is here and now it's going to be Honda. Because the Japanese automakers, uh, Honda, Toyota, Nissan, have been less than enthusiastic about EVs. 
And, you know, the CEO of Toyota has been very vocal about his opposition to EVs. So they haven't been working on developing EVs. And they're going to get their behinds handed to them in the EV market by the Chinese and Korean competition. So what's going to happen is I think Sony is going to partner with Honda because they just don't have the manufacturing capacity to build a friggin' car. But they've the, developed the what looks like a, 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 good, a decent piece of equipment. Well, developed is loose in this case, and here's why. Uh, first of all, I don't think any major technology company, they don't want to be left out of the EV market in some why way. Why would you? And that's yeah, the only course. reason all of these companies are creating EV divisions. Even if they know Sony has no desire to create a car, uh, what yeah, they I do agree. want is a piece of going forward. They right. want to partner with someone. You can't do that unless you put some money in to go, here's what right. I bring to the table, whether it's right. software, hardware, whatever it may be. In right. this case, they, they're still not building it. And this one, when no. you say a partner, they're building it. They partner with this company called uh, Magna Steer, S-T-Y-R. I don't know how you say yeah. it. They're a German I, Magna Steyr, yeah. They're, they're a car manufacturer, yeah. This is, to me, the most interesting part of this story. I no, yeah. had no idea that this there was a company out there that specializes in making cars for other people. Yeah, like, they're, that's they're, it. they're a contract manufacturer. They're a huge company. They They... A lot of the German cars that you're driving today, um, at some point in time, Magnus Steyr probably built it. Well, so, I did, and again, that's what I found most interesting about this. They uh, uh, worked on and created the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, the correct. BMW Z4s, and uh, uh, the uh, uh, all the series there. The Jaguars yeah. E&I and the Toyota Supra were all originally manufactured by this Magnus Steyr, or Magnus Steyr, I'm sorry. Yeah. And so... There, so Sony in this case, which right. to me, when you look at this concept and the newer concept division as, you know, two, version yeah. two, right, is it's it's a Tesla Model Y. I yeah, mean, I mean, it looks like it looks. Listen, it's not a Tesla Model Y. It looks like a competitor to a Tesla Model Y in the same way that a Ford Expedition looks like a competitor to a Suburban. Now, here's an interesting little side note about Magnus Steyr. Magnus Steyr originally had a um, exclusivity agreement with Fisker to produce the Fisker Ocean or whatever. So, um, and listen, there's in the last three weeks, um, there have been four or five EV companies that just fell off the face of the earth. Okay. Uh, you and I called that a year ago. You and I yeah, called that a year we ago. Knew that, that was coming. Yeah, And um, how many, there's been a rash of EV companies who have pushed back their launch of, I think Rivian did, Lucid did. Um, hey, Bollinger, any, uh, Bollinger, Tesla. Got out of the business completely. They said, we're just focusing on uh, commercial, which means they're getting out of the business completely. They're just saying that. Um, uh, Ollie. Ollie went out of business. Uh, they, they, for the car, for the real car people, you know them as local motors. The first people to basically 3D community, 3D print a car. Um, the rally fighter, which was really cool. A rash of companies just fell off the face of the earth. Hey, um, what happened to Faraday Future? Four, I think it was four billion dollars got burned trying to get Faraday Future off the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Lucid. I want to drive one of these things, right? You and me both. I want to buy. Look, I, I would be one of those people that would buy one if I could get my hands on an yeah. electric pickup truck. I would right. I would 100% buy one. So listen, but 
but you can't. If you just wait. They just pushed back Cybertruck to 2023. Um, well, gonna, that, the official announcement was they pushed it back indefinitely until they figure some stuff out. Yeah, which which look, building a vehicle is tough. There's correct. a reason that there's not a 50 billion, you know, manufacturers right. of cars. There's yeah. only what a dozen in the world that do it. You know what I mean? At the um, scale. Listen, there there's a reason why even a company like General Motors in 2008 had to shed what four brands. Right, yes. they're bringing one back. They're bringing Hummers. Well, back all of them now, did. But... Ford shed yeah. brands at yeah. the time. Diamond Chrysler had to be sold, right, yeah. and become a different company. General Motors shed brands and stuff like that. So, so again, you have a half a dozen in the world that are large scale, you know, what I mean, car creators. So it's not easy to start a car company. And then on top of that, you add in the technology of electric vehicle, battery. I still stand by my original comment that unless there is a big, large jump in battery power, right, technology, that what we're looking at for the future is not all electric. It's more of a hybrid model. Yeah, and and, and, and I, I get the technologists who are out there pushing the narrative of we're going full EV. Um, but I'm just saying for, t- for the next 25 years, my guess is there's going to be a lot more gas electric hybrids than there will be full EVs. Um, that why makes sense you? to me. And yeah. if that does happen, and here's why that also makes sense, not just from a, Hey, going straight to all electric is, the carbon footprint is a not as good as you think, and b right. it's it's a lot of technology that's just not quite there yet, and maybe eventually it will be. Um, but you, it makes sense. It would be easy right. for Ford, General Motors, Toyota, all of these companies to switch to a hybrid model in Correct. their factories, in right. their existing car models, and Correct. all of this moving forward. It would be so very easy to for that connect rather than build a Tesla from scratch, which Tesla right. still has not quite figured out. Hence Correct. their Gigafactory in Berlin, their Gigafactory here in Texas. They, they're all trying to figure this out. Right. And they just haven't quite so, done it yet. So here's what I do see. I definitely see um, Sony went out there and built this really, I think, as a marketing piece to say, don't forget about Sony. Sony's still here. We're still building cameras and televisions, and we might get into electric cars. And I do think that Sony has the opportunity to bring whatever this concept is to a company Probably, like I said, Honda. Toyota is so well capitalized it doesn't need a partnership or whatever. Um, and and I don't like I said I, I think this it makes a lot more sense as a as a product from an established car maker. I think a lot of people think that um, this. I mean, listen, this is the future. No disagreement there. But I think a lot of people think that it's coming sooner than it is. And why wouldn't they though? Yeah. If you look at the rapid scale of, you know, your cell phone, for instance, like 10 years ago, what was your cell phone versus today? But they just don't understand that the cell phone as an appliance really isn't the same thing as a car. There's so no, no, much no. more that longevity goes into the cost right. of replacing it. A car is going to break on. You know what I mean? Of course. If, and any of these. See, that's where look and the amount of money being spent on marketing yes. is a lot. 
A lot of people, a lot of companies are spending a lot of money on marketing for EVs. So they're being told that EVs are the future. Whether it creates itself or not, it's just kind of, hey, this is what's hot. This is what's trending. And that's what marketing dollars are for. Buy from General Motors now because we're working on electric vehicles for the future. Look, they've been doing that since the 50s. Right? right and saying, "Hey, this is you this know, is and, what's coming and, next." And, and Chevy just said, "You know, we're going to launch in 2024 or something like that." The Silverado EV. Hey, bud, you promised me a Hummer EV. How about you just give? <laughs> I just want to go. I, I understand I'm not going to be able to buy one because I, I'm not going to buy one, but it, I just want to go down to a GMC dealer and look at your Hummer EV. Right, and we're not even to the point where that's the situation. No, because they can't send one to every dealership because they don't they, even have that many. Right, that's... no, they're they're not even selling them yet. So their Bolt uh, EUV, um, the the Bolt EV, they're catching on fire. So hey, General Motors, just saying, maybe put out the fire before you start throwing out more stuff. Well, look, when when you start talking about when I say and I said earlier, I don't think Sony wants to build a car. They might want to. Somebody at Sony might want to. But here, when I look at things with, you know, what the big uh, uh, technology market, the CES in Vegas was just, you know, over. Um, When I sent Danny a story where they actually developed a car that changes colors with the pushes of of a button at CES, it'll never make it to market, or at least not anywhere in the near future because the technology would be insane. But when you, and the reason I say that is when you, when you look at something for not just the pictures of something, but look at the stats behind it, you can very quickly know whether A, it's ever going to make it to market, or B, if right. they really wanted to make it, or they just put it together for marketing. And when you look at the stats of this Sony, it looks like, and I said, it looks like the Tesla Model Y. It's very, and you're right, it's not exactly a Model Y, but it's very similar in size and shape and all of this kind of stuff. But Here's the deal. When you get on the back end stats and compare it to the Tesla Model Y, which yeah. looks like it should be the same car, the Sony weighs a thousand more, a thousand pounds more than the Tesla Model Y. Now, why is that important? When you talk about electric vehicles, every yeah, weight, pound counts. The weight weight is your enemy here. Right. So if you're it's using a, thousand a very pounds more. a thousand pounds, the the uh, Sony product, the Vision. Two is 5,467 pounds. The Tesla Model Y is 4,555 pounds. That is a thousand pound difference. And when Crud you're talking buckets, about that, that's a lot of weight for a car that looks exactly the same or very, right. very, very similar. The same. And, and that is exactly why a company like Sony needs a company like Honda to go. We're going to cut all of this out. We've got to find a way to shed a thousand pounds to even have a shot. Yeah, because the same battery in both carrying an extra thousand pounds means you wouldn't get the miles, you wouldn't get the. So, yeah, you're talking about a hundred and seventy-five mile range with an extra thousand pounds right. versus three hundred roughly from a Model Y. So you're talking about something they put together for marketing because they yeah. didn't even try to make it comparable. That's again to me, that's just my insight looking at what right. it is. Right, no, you're right. They made it look right with the twenty-inch wheels, and yeah, you know what I mean—the dashboard or whatever. But that's all on the surface. It's not—it's not a realistic. Pro- you cannot compete on an electric vehicle vehicle with another uh, vehicle that's yeah. similar that weighs a thousand pounds more. That's not competitive, right? So, 
let's move on to our next story. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Acre Gold. Acre Gold is a subscription service that lets you build up an account of money. Um, and then when that account reaches the correct price, they're going to do something wacky. They're going to send you two and a half grams of gold. Now, gold is the new store of value. It's the original, but it's really the original store of value. It's the money of kings. And it should be a part of everybody's portfolio. I'm not saying that there's wacky stuff coming in the future, but who knows? Stop it. it. Yeah. Uh, Nonetheless, you can go to our link down in the description down below. And you can get started with Acre Gold today, which is a great opportunity. We're excited to be bringing that to you. Uh, this next story, very exciting. Um, my best friend, Chris Ronzio, who's the CEO of Trainual, which is a uh, training company, is offering people, and I hang out with Chris all the time. We're best friends. And um, sure, he is offering, uh, you know, in light of the great resignation and all this other stuff, he's offering you five thousand dollars to quit <laughs> as as always danny reads the front run or he's headline. a headline article guy mm-hmm. and yes. probably has no idea why he's offering people five thousand no, dollars i to actually quit. know i've actually read the story i'm wow. actually because this is our most interesting story we have on the lot today but go ahead okay this is the uh, first of all this is not the first time a company has done this um zappos.com founder tony shea may he rest in mm-hmm. peace had this policy where you would go through this this strenuous kind of trading process or several months or whatever. And at the end of the process, they would offer you $5,000 to quit. And here's why they would do that. If you'll take $5,000 to quit today, it's not worth keeping you. Correct. That is, that's the thought process behind this. Right. Now, two things to consider one the the jobs that this company is hiring for is not 725 an hour or $15 an hour these are jobs that make upwards of 80 to 100 grand plus so $5000 in comparison right to i mean if if McDonald's was giving you $5000 to quit after 2 that's, weeks that, that would be different. a completely different story in Correct. this case though this this company and say it again because I don't even know how to say that trainual trainual trainual. We hang out with this um, dude every other Thursday on a Zoom call, and you can't remember how to say the name of his company. Hey, whatever. Um, uh, my, my, I do good to remember Danny's name. Anyway, the point is is five thousand dollars is just enough, and originally started out as twenty five hundred dollars according to this article, and then they increased it to five grand to essentially try to tempt that person out of it. So really $5,000 is a pay is, is, is a two weeks notice is a, you know what I mean? And so listen, they are understanding one thing. And I I actually know people who have done wacky stuff. Like I know somebody who took his paternal leave and went and took another job to see if he would like the job. And then when his paternity leave was over, quit. (laughs) And he went back to his regular job. (laughs) Um, but you know, in this competitive environment where workers are hard to come by, um, and you know, part of what's happened now with people getting used to working from home, um, you know, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank was saying he expected, you know, 15% of his his staff would not return to the office Mm -hmm. and they would demand to work from home. 
He said it turns out he was wrong is 55%. He said a half of his a half of the people who work for him, you know, he said one guy said I was raised on a farm. I'm going to go back and live on my family farm. I'm happy to work for you. I'm happy to put in the hours, but I'm not going back to the office. And that has created a hyper competitive work environment where if you're a San Francisco based company, if you're Facebook and your employees say, I'm not living in San Francisco. Yeah. Meta. Mm. Right. And you say, you know, uh, my workers don't want to come to San Francisco, the San Francisco office. They just signed a huge lease in Austin. Um, it's the largest lease in history of commercial real estate in Austin. Absolutely. 100% is. And I bet you they have thousands of workers, but they'll have hundreds of desks and they won't have people going to the office on a regular no. basis. It'll just be a hub for them, for their thousands of workers spread out throughout the Austin yeah, metro. They'll use it to support the the thousands, if not tens of thousands of people and across the United they, States. They, and they have a huge office in Dallas already, uh, mm-hmm. a, 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 a data center, I believe. So, I think that this guy is smart in understanding that his workers now have so much opportunity, especially if they're tech workers, they can, I mean, you know, how many of these people just said, I'm I'm going to South America. Like I know, I I know tech workers who said, I'm going to South America till this thing chills out. Like till I was like, I don't, what? Well, look, you have an environment. So, you know, numbers for jobs and stuff like that always lag a month or two. So the current data we have as far as complete data is November of last year. And in November, 3% of the American workforce quit their jobs. That's 4.5 million Americans quit their jobs in November. 3%. 3% yeah. all in one month. That's just the month. That and was after the millions before that in, you know what I mean, in, in October. Yeah. So we continue to see this. So so companies are trying to get creative of how do they retain employees longer. Right. This is one example of this guy saying, hey, if you train people for a couple of weeks and then offer them a buyout, if they take it, then you probably didn't want them to work there in the first place. They weren't going to yeah. be long-term employees anyway. Correct. Now, I am of this side that this whole idea, I think we need to move on from the long-term employee mentality anyway. Hire hire the best person that you can find to do the job that you need done. And when they're done, let them work for someone else. Right. Right? I I think the contract gig worker economy is only going to grow. And as websites like Working Not Working, all these other websites that are more gig focus but they're I, I, I use this word artisan but not really artisan it's like hey i am you know I, there's that clip in the tv show um silicon valley where they're like hey we need a, a data whatever it was somebody who handles a specific thing really good it turns out it's a 12 year old kid but the point is like they track him down they need one specific thing done he comes in mm-hmm and he does it, and then like he goes to soccer practice or whatever lacrosse it was. I forget. It was I mean, it was an interesting scene. But I'm just saying that is the future of work. Well, look, and you specialize in a thing. Companies find you, or you find opportunities one way or the other. You go do things. You get paid, and you're off to the races with another one. 
Companies, for whatever reason, are so slow to change the way they think. And you and I talked endlessly about being nimble as a company. But companies, as the way they run, do not understand that they, they should change. It's always behind. It's always so far behind. For right now... In the medical industry, nurses are quitting their jobs because of the what they're doing and turning around the next week and getting hired by the same hospitals as, as traveling travel nurses, nurses, making yeah. three times what they were making because it's, they quit their jobs because they the, the, the hospital wouldn't give them a raise, but correct. then would rehire them at three times and because they're no longer working for them, they're working as contract labor. Right. That makes no sense as a company. And it's not just healthcare. I'm just saying that's right. a great example right now. That's a Fantastic um, example. In Reddit's anti-work subreddit right now, there is story after story after story of people in that same scenario where they went right. to the company they worked for currently, asked for a raise because they haven't gotten one in years, or right. they they're doing more than hey, they're doing five people's jobs. There's fourteen percent inflation. And if you use the nineteen eighty-two calculator, not the twenty twenty-two, but the nineteen eighty-two calculator. 2022 says 7%. 82's calculator says, hey, if you, not just bread and, and, and milk right, it's and everything, everything else, yeah. if you take everything into account, it's about 14%. So if you got a 2, 3, 4% raise last year, you lost 10%. Well, but the company's making money off of you too. That's the way yeah. it other, they're saving that they're on what the would be their payroll you. next year, right? Yeah. So, so, uh, they're they're running into this and and then they're turning around and these companies are realizing not only do you need these employees like in cases like nurses you have to have nurses right right um, yeah. but they're not even realizing what their employees can do so many of these stories and in, in Reddit subreddits anti work is I've done this one job for this employer for five six seven eight ten years and they didn't understand what I did so when I left. All of a sudden, they had no one employed that did this job that right. is necessary, and now they're hiring me at three times the rate to come back and con. Right. You know what I mean? And, and consult. So, so I don't care about whatever anti-work communist nonsense big man is talking about. Okay, <laughs> I, that's disgusting to me. However, okay, whatever it is you do in your life to make money, understand like you should have a very Ayn Randy and self-centered, like I'm the best. I'm gonna kill it. And you should carry that forward. You should have big brass cojones wherever you go and whatever job it is you do that you're really good at it. And you should push bully around companies. I'm not a corporatist, I'm a yeah. free market guy. So right. I'm not here saying you should just be grateful to have a job. You should tell them where to stick it all the time and don't take, you know. I agree with you, but that's not most people's psychology, right? That and in this, that's that's, in that's the problem. This company, right, is, is this is psych 101, right? right? Try to buy somebody, right? They're either buying in to your company. This is psych 101. Getting someone to sign their name to give up something. Again, psychology 101. I'm getting you to physically agree that yeah. you're in it to win it. You are here. Now, right. no part of this article and no part of this article that was related to this article that I could find about this company actually shows the numbers on the back end because this is not a brand new company. It's been around for a couple of years. Right. It's only done this 38 times. 
how many of those 38 people actually did stick around for that two years that they're still employed they're not they haven't published any of those numbers because look i can go hey i'm not giving up one paycheck to leave this company because it's why would I do that when I can just work here for the next six months, right? Or whatever. Right. And then make so, more than $5,000. Does this actually work? There's no, there's no data in here to say that it does, except right. for the fact that out of those 38 people that they've done this for, not a single one of them have taken the five grand. Right. That's interesting. Um, here's what I can tell you. Uh, I've had this situation happen before. I got hired to do a job. And uh, in the course of doing the job, a bunch of people that I started working with, they were, we were all hired as contractors. And two of the people went through the four-week training period and said, I got offered a better job somewhere else. I'm leaving. And the company was like, well, you just started. And they're like, well, I'm a contractor. What do you expect? And so what do you expect? Like, I think that this is an interesting – here's the thing. There's that guy, his name's Dan Price. He's out in Seattle. Um, And he owns a company, I forget what it's called, but they're a payment processing company. Nothing sexy, not Mm -hmm. new forward-thinking technology. It's just old-fashioned payment processing. I know a bunch of guys who made fortunes in that industry. Here's what's interesting. A couple years ago, he changed his business model and said, no one here makes less than $70,000 a year. Now, pissed off some of his employees that had worked up to 70 grand, Sure. But for everyone who was like, well, now this is just because, you know, if the base salary is 70 and I just worked up to 70, shouldn't I be getting 85? Right. What's interesting is that guy uh, probably got a ton of great workers and probably got a ton. of He got, you know, what they call the media earned media. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's a guy who this is a, uh, a non-proprietary business, nothing sexy. It's old fashioned. He has to work within the confines of a bunch of regulation. And he figured out a way to do inexpensive free marketing. Now, isn't that what this guy's also doing? Didn't he just get two guys on a podcast to talk about his company? Obviously, I'm joking. I don't know this dude. I don't know what his company does. (laughs) I don't know what his company even does. No, it sounds like a a good old-fashioned training and headhunter type of business, right? I'm matching a company with an employee, and I'm getting paid by the company to find good employees and train them. And this is, again, Psych 101, right? He's selling it to companies that this means that these employees that we're sending to you are buying into your company, right? Because we're making them this offer, and they don't take it. And also, he's turning around, and I guarantee you the sales pitch to the potential employee is hey two weeks from now if you don't like it you get to fire them and walk away with their money right he's pitching both sides this company is right they're pitching both sides the employee thinks that they're there for the employee the company thinks that they're there for the company and all the meantime is they're getting charged now this is the whole guess what the whole headhunting industry is I find fascinating. The whole training right. and headhunting industry, I find right. fascinating because every employer, look, their job, and I'm not against them, is to pay you the least amount of money for the most amount of work. That's right. that's, that's, that's the their perspective. Your right. job as an employee is to do the least amount of work for the most, for amount, the of most money, amount of money. Right? Yeah. right? Now, somehow, headhunting companies and training companies put themselves in the middle. So you got a company that doesn't want to pay you, let's just throw out a number, $20 an hour, right? right. They don't want to pay you $20 an hour, but they'll pay the company $30 an hour 
to pay you 18 so that they right. get 12. Right. I, why that mentality, how headhunting companies and training companies have been able to exist and get companies to pay them on it's, work that they don't even do is yeah, I don't, unbelievable it, to me. It, so it's fast. It's a fascinating industry. And I've had a, you know, I had a family member who owned a uh, firm like this. So I have a little insight, but it's really a fascinating industry. I don't understand why it's so huge, but as contract labor continues to grow as uh, reality, I, part of it, what it is, is regulatory infrastructure requires so much that it takes it. So in order to employ somebody at $18 an hour, let's say, uh, let's throw out a big company. Let's say Wells Fargo has to put you know the $18 plus another $16 to support the employee, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what, $35, right. $33? And they're going, hey, we can just pay them $30 and they'll support, they'll hire, they'll, they'll employ the person and mm -hmm. that person will work for us. And so they're looking at reducing their HR costs by doing that. That's all. Well, and if the math works out, great, but it's still expensive and it's more expensive than most people think. And then right. on top of that, there's no rule, at least in any state that I know of, at least in Texas, I know that there's no rule. That right. company that's hiring you, that's contracting you to the third company yeah. does not have to disclose how much they're making. They no, could be making no. more than you. Yeah. So I know in a few situations where uh, people went back to the contracting company and said, I have other offers for double what I'm making. And they didn't even flinch and they just give you the money because they're making so much. That's what they're I'm getting, saying. So the, and they don't even have to disclose it. They've hired you for 12. Maybe they're making 40 off so, of you. And yeah, that's the thing is like I, I know somebody who was getting 15 bucks an hour somewhere and found out that the, the, the contracting company was getting 45 because someone <laughs> messed up and emailed them the wrong piece of documentation. Mm -hmm. So they turned around and said, well, I need 40. So it's either 40 or I walk. Right. So I, again, this guy's got an approach. I don't think that will catch on. Yeah. I think it's more symbolic than it is anything else, but I do appreciate the hustle. This guy's figured out a way that no other, there's not, I, I don't know of another training slash head hunting company right. out there going, yeah, Hey, does this. Yeah. you know, that's, that's telling companies, Hey, we're giving them this. And you know what? Right. They're probably writing. They're probably even telling the employer, Hey, this isn't coming out of your pocket. It'll come out of ours. Right. We'll pay the five grand if any of these employees take it because they right. know they're not gonna. Right. right. Like it. So well, who would give up five grand for a, a, a $10,000 a I month would, job? I, I would do it right now. That's insane. But well, no, five Danny, grand, as usual, 20, is the, the outcast. All right. Well, let's move on to this next story. But before we do that, of course, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this segment. Big man gear. Big man gear is the big man's idea of a funny t-shirt brand. You should check it out at bigmangear.com. That'll send you right to the Amazon Prime store. It is packed and shipped personally by our good friend Jeff Bezos. Uh, when he's not flying dick rockets into the sky, he's packing big man's shirts. That is bigmangear.com. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, you'll see some new ones coming out, including uh, social skills, please loading. Uh, okay. Please wait while loading. You know what I mean? That kind Again, of thing. Your, your idea of a funny word, friend, as always. <laughs> All right. What um, do we got next, Danny? This next one is pretty good. 
my best friends over at General Motors, who I consult mm-hmm. for, as everyone knows. Um, I don't think people realize I'm joking when I say this, but anyways, <laughs> they are taking on Carvana, which, by the way, has been extremely controversial, and CarMax with their own marketplace called Car Bravo. Well, Carvana is definitely they're in hot water right now for a whole bunch of different yeah, reasons. A, d- a bunch of different reasons. Um, but but yes, I think General Motors Car Bravo, which I think is an awful name, terrible name. It's, it's awful. Just so, so stupid. So congratulations, Car. I, isn't that what Bravo like? Bravo's congratulations. Right? I, I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't know. Bravo happiness, whatever. Anyway, the point is awful name. Absolutely yeah. awful name. Um, but I, you're a multi-billion-dollar company with a hundred with hundreds of millions of dollars, um, with a huge marketing department, and you're telling me Car Bravo is the best you could come up with? Well, I think in today's world, I, I, I don't think General Motors in this case, and again, this is always just my opinion, and that's why you're here at Market Explainer, um, is I don't think General Motors looks at Carvana even as competition or CarMax matter. as competition because yeah, they don't matter, matter in the grand scheme of General Motors. I think what this is, though, I think the biggest problem General Motors, Ford, any of these big companies has with between them and their customers are dealerships because yes. dealerships have the ability to do whatever the hell they want to do, right? Correct. Because they buy the car, and once they buy the car from General Motors, and there are laws all across the United States that General Motors cannot sell directly to consumers, they all Correct. have to go through dealerships. Correct. So dealerships have legally put themselves in the middle the problem is General Motor has very little control once they sell it to a dealership. What that car salesman at that dealership does right. to you from a customer service standpoint, Correct. what they fix from their from their mechanic standpoint, right? Correct. And all these things. And General Motors has looked at that as a pain in the ass for years at this point. And they're looking at companies like Tesla, which have done a direct sales strategy, mm-hmm. which in most states is illegal. And, you know, Elon Musk, to his credit, and listen, I'm a free market person. So if you have to get the government to pass a law to create a good old boys club so you can uh, maintain points on, you know, so it makes no sense that you can walk into Walmart and you can buy competing products from Walmart, such as, you know, you, you can buy the lotion from mm-hmm. PNG or you can buy the organic whatever shape, whatever. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense that there isn't a company like CarMax that you just go, okay, yeah, we have six Fords and seven Chevrolets. If you know people who own franchise dealers, it's it's good money, but it also comes with headaches, right? Well, there, so, look, there are people that dealerships are so awful on average. Yes. That there are literally companies out there that you can go and hire to help you buy a used car or a new car Without because their niche is, hey, yes. the, w- this is a fake fee. or the, Their niche yeah. is the information they have that you don't, right? And, and negotiating people, and that kind of stuff. And most of those people used to be finance managers at large franchise dealers because I know two mm-hmm. car consultant buy, buyer consultants. They charge you a flat fee. And I know somebody was looking for a very rare Mercedes AMG car when it was brand new. And it was like $25,000 that this guy saved them and he charged them 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, 
But this but, is yeah. what General, to me, this is what General Motors is doing. General Motors yes. wants to control how you deal with customers at your dealership. Yeah. And they can't do it directly, but what they can do is develop a program like right. this where they want some transparency. And if you want to sign up for it as a dealership, if you have Danny's GM dealership and I have Big Man's dealership and you want to sign up for it, you're going to abide by these rules. And if you don't, don't sign up for it. And I will. Right. So let me tell you a couple of reasons why, a couple of things. I think they call this car Bravo because they want branding distance from this business because if it fails, they don't want it to be like, well, General Motors failed at this. Yeah. yeah. But here's the other thing. I think they're looking at innovative, you know, Tesla's great innovation, honestly, was how they Ubered into the economy because, you know, Uber came into the marketplace and Mm -hmm. said, oh, there's laws? Middle finger to that. We're not doing that. Um, (laughs) We're going to try to bypass every law in in a roundabout way. Credit where credit's due. I appreciate them for that thing. Now, similarly, Tesla came in and said, we're just doing direct business. That's just how we do business, right? So I think General Motors is saying, and I agree with this thesis, in five to 10 years, there won't we won't be forced into this franchise model. So they want to build some sort of sales, direct sales infrastructure right now today. And they know that there's, so many companies competing for the, you know, there's Room, Carvana. Mm-hmm. There's three or four companies now. And I've actually done, I legitimately done some contract work for a couple of them where they just show up with a flatbed. Um, mm-hmm. And they showed up to a lady's office with a flatbed. And here's the SUV, you know, you bought it, you drive around, um, you know, you go through and you, you, you sign a, um, limited power of attorney Mm -hmm. and bing bang boom here's your suv there's no dealership you didn't walk anywhere the price is pre-negotiated you can look at the average price of a you know gmc yukon we're charging right in the middle here's this price do you want it do you not want it you get two weeks to return it and they're able to solve a lot of the different you know pain points of buying a used car and General Motors is saying, well, we can get in that business. And my guess is that w- with a little bit of time, they're going to end up owning a company like a CarMax or something like that. Or not CarMax, sorry. Um, Carvana, something like that. And my guess is what's going to happen is they're going to end up going bankrupt. Carvana is going to end up bankrupt. Well, and- yeah, because this is a model that General Motors can steal without yes. buying up Carvana. Correct. Right? They can just, okay, hey, I, I give you credit for... You worked out the model, but we can hire everybody to do what you're. There's nothing proprietary about it, right? And as a as a bonus to this, I'm going to use it as leverage to rein in a bunch of these dealerships that overcharge people, that take take advantage of people, that are adding this, adding that, because it's it's affecting our image overall, right? And I get to put leverage on them because I'm going to say, hey. You're either going to buy into this or you're not, and the people that buy in are going to get first these other perks, right? And Correct. you're not, and you're, you know what I mean. And eventually, you're going to get less business than the people that do it our way, right? Uh, right. I, I, that I think they're trying to clean up the middleman industry in the the automotive industry, and that includes on the used car side, which is notorious. We've all yeah. heard the cliche "used car salesman," whatever. And yeah. these cars that go through this program, and again. 
As always, if you know anything about the car business, you know that General Motors, Ford, all of these companies push everything off on the dealership. Yeah. Right? You yeah, don't your course. truck doesn't go to General Motors. It goes to your Literally. local dealership. They right. have to deal with it from the General Motors standpoint, what's covered right. and not covered and all that. Right. So I guarantee you all of these policies that they're pushing, which is uh, warranty coverages for all the people that are going through this are all right. going to come with warranties, whether they're used or new, right? right? They're all going to come with some kind of warranty. They're all going to be standardized from what they call a black book. Everybody's familiar with Keller's, Kelly Blue, yeah. Kelly's Blue Book. They're right. going to be using their black book method. So it's all, the whole point of this is transparency. They are trying right. to create, because that's big in today's industry yeah. right customers want transparency because we're getting transparency from every other industry right, right? t-mobile you know um i forgot the guy's name john uh, john ledger came in as ceo of t-mobile i don't know 15 years ago and he started cleaning up the business and because of john ledger everyone else had to start competing so i have i'm a t-mobile customer have been for a long time I can just leave T-Mobile whenever I feel like it. Does anybody remember two-year contracts? Oh, yeah. Right? Well, and listen, today's, today's of buying phones on two years is the same as two-year contract, right? Yes. You leave, so you like, got to pay off the phone. and Yeah, so here's the thing. is like I, it's, they All he did was reorganize the bureaucracy, but the point is it created transparency or at least the feeling of transparency. Mm-hmm. And, that, and listen... I love the fact that I love how transparent they he turned he forced the rest of the industry into being, mm-hmm. and um, it's been a, been fantastic for T-Mobile's business. They're in most markets they're number one or two, they're number two, uh, you know, two against uh, the you know Verizon or AT and T, but they're priced significantly lower. So what the similar thing has happened here is Tesla has kind of created this competition and these. Companies like CarMax, Carvana, Vroom uh, have created a model that then they've tested market acceptance. Mm-hmm. And because of the, um, you know, because of Dos Equis, people have accepted this new model of buying a used car. And now General Motors with its huge coffers gets to come in. And when I say I think they're going to end up owning Carvana, here's what I should I should correct that and make a better prediction. I think Carvana is going to go bankrupt, and I think their car vending machines that they've put—they we have one in South Austin. Sure, they're they're a sight to behold. They're pretty cool. Okay, they're, they are very cool to look at, and I have no idea how they actually make money on and it. I, yeah, here's what I do think happens: I think Carvana goes bankrupt, and they're not going to buy Carvana out. They're going to wait till the end of that bankruptcy, and they're going to come in and pick the bones. They're yeah, going to get buy staffed. the real estate. They're gonna. That's what they're gonna end up with. It's not right. Carvana's business. They're gonna have the real estate. Carvana's business pr- right now. They're having a problem with. Hey, in several states are saying we're gonna invalidate your um your dealer license. license. Yeah, your license to, to sell because, cars. So what's happening is Carvana's model is. Hey, I'm in Austin. You want this particular SUV? It's in Tennessee. It's an extra five hundred bucks. We'll ship it to you. Now, if you've ever shipped a car, it costs probably a thousand dollars to ship that car. It's not easy. No, no. They're they're charging five hundred because they got enough margin in the car that five hundred just offsets the shipping, and they're going to move ten cars from Tennessee to Austin or whatever. I'm just making this up as we go. But what's happening in between there is title work. People aren't getting the title to their vehicle, and what's happening is 
Carvana is saying, we'll send you a temporary tag. They send me a temporary Texas tag. It's only good for 90. I think it's 90 days or 60 days. I forget what it is here. But they're saying, oh, okay, your, t- your temporary tag. Oh, there's still some complication with the title. Don't worry. We'll send you another temporary tag. But why is this one from Oklahoma? So well, they're doing some And skits. state to state, anytime you're moving something like that state to state, every state's yeah. different when it comes to yeah. registration. So and title. Yeah. So that, that, again, Carvana has gotten themselves in a situation where they're not handling the back end of the business right. very well, whether it's just lack of knowledge or look, look, and when you talk about state to state, and when you talk about moving money around, and that's well, really what we're doing, and, yeah. money, moving right. money, moving cars, right, or whatever. Right. One little thing can get – I know of a company, a franchise company that was on the up several years – six, seven years ago now. Right. But they were on their way through the roof. Like they right. were going, right, as a franchise model. It was a Canadian company, and they right. were franchising into the United States, and they had several successful businesses, franchises that were bought that were going crazy. They sold one of these franchises in Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. The business failed, not because of the company, but because of the person running it that had bought the franchise didn't right. do anything, and the company right. failed. And what does a, sh- a shady person do when the company fails? They blame the franchise, right? Franchise yeah. or in this case, yeah, the franchise or franchise or yeah. sued them, right? As a franchise or right. the company thought that they were all good because he had signed all the documents, right, or right, whatever. Yeah. However, in Vegas, there's a unique form to the state of Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. There's a unique form in Nevada. If you're franchising in Nevada, they also have to sign this. It's only in Nevada. Well, guess what? They didn't know that. He never signed it. So what happened in court? He not he, he shut him yeah. down. He won so much money that the it forced the company <laughs> into bankruptcy wow. because they didn't know, right, that in Nevada they had to sign this one extra form. Right. Which and, why wouldn't they a company of this size should go hire a local um you know, a franchise attorney, right? But they don't. They don't. Companies Stupid. like Carvana because they go, wait a minute, if I have to hire a lawyer in every state I'm doing business in, it's right? too much no, money, yeah. They just don't make that investment. Now ultimately right. they do, right? They wow. they ultimately you do. Right. But you in the beginning, it's difficult and yeah. they don't. And then this is the problem that's it's caused. And once that snowball starts, it gets right. harder and harder to stop because it piles. Right. It's a Ponzi scheme. It, not, it's not a Ponzi scheme. It's like a Ponzi scheme in the sense that you keep thinking that there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'll get enough money. Right. I'll pay everybody back. It's all going to be good. We're going to square away all the titles. It's all going to be fine. But what ends up happening is it collapses before you reach that point, mm-hmm. just because the weight of its the weight of your own stupidity ends up you know killing it. Absolutely, so, and it happens to company after company. This is just a great example. Carvana's just going through one of those, and maybe they do reach the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think by the time they even get close, Ford, General Motors are just going to copy their model. Using yeah, their in their their I mean just think about the infrastructure that General Motors and Ford already has with these dealerships. Correct. There's already trucks taking cars to Austin, Texas every day. Yeah, Carvana can't already, compete with that. Of course, they can't not. go out and hire independent truckers. Yeah, for, they you don't, know, the infrastructure that these companies already have is so massive. I'm surprised that they didn't do this earlier. CarMax was started by the former, by the same guy who created Circuit City, 
And he came in and he's like, man, why is nobody like creating a national brand? And he, that guy created a trend where these big car companies like Park Place um, and Auto Nation and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. they would go do this roll-up strategy where they would go find a mom and pop dealer for Ford um, and they would say, okay, we're going to buy up your dealership. And so, you know, Park Place and Auto Nation, all these companies, now they have a huge, massive network. And all that's happened is Carvana said, we can do exactly what they're doing, except on used cars and CarMax for, the, for this matter. And we, we just have this network effect of these large network of vehicles. We can move them around. Mm -hmm. The unit economics starts to make a lot of sense. It blows my mind that Ford, Chrysler, none of these companies said, we're going to figure out an end run around this new car legislation that forces us to use a franchise model. Mm -hmm. And we're going to create a used car business. I'm surprised that they haven't done that before. Uh, the dealerships, you, the dealerships have been so powerful for so the, long. Their lobby, the, the the dealership lobby, is so powerful. They are. They really are. It is a, and I hate to use this phrase. It's a rent-seeking kind of business where, um, the value proposition is always murky, and mm -hmm. without the government forcing this model onto the consumer, I'm unsure that this model would exist. But I do think that <clears throat> automotive retail as used like CarMax, CarMax proves that you, you can be as transparent as anybody can be in the industry and still make tons of money. And your employees wear polo shirts and shorts to work. So I, I think that it's, you know, it's, yeah, I'm surprised I, this has been done before. No, it, I, but it's it's going to be to me the interesting part will be to see how this plays out. Is General Motors playing the long con to just get rid of the dealerships at That's least to some extent, yeah, or to some extent. or is this just them leaning on the dealerships enough to create some stability? Right, we want more say on how you sell these cars, how you right. treat customers, how you deal with situations, and, and you know which, which one's going to give. Because yeah. General Motors could be going to the dealerships, going, "Hey, this is our step one yeah. to go around you because you and haven't listened for decades." So General Motors and Ford, I know this for a fact, have imposed in the last ten years significant measures on their dealers, and if you mm -hmm. go from Austin to Dallas. Um, to Kansas City, to Florida. And if you had looked 15 years ago, every single dealership you would have driven to would look different. But you right. go today, every single dealership almost looks the same. So they've been imposing further and further restrictions. Mm -hmm. I know a guy who owned a Chevy, Kia, and Dodge dealer that were all one building. And he had to remodel and turn them into separate buildings that were yeah. this close to each other, but he had to turn them all into separate buildings because each of those franchises required that from him. And he didn't have, so long as they didn't, they, they're literally the legal mandatory, I think five feet apart or something, because that's what the lo, the locale requires. And if you want to continue to sell my product, you're going to do it. That yeah. was not always leverage that general motors for them had they yeah. were at the they were at the the, the mercy of the, the mercy of the dealerships because they couldn't there are laws yeah. in all 50 states that yeah. say that general motors and ford and these other companies can't do it can't get can't go directly to consumer and that gave dealerships leverage in a world before the internet but the internet has now changed 
the, that world so much that now General Motors is the one with the leverage. So anyways, it's interesting to see this. The, the business hasn't quite launched. We'll do a follow-up on our Patreon once the business launches, and we'll actually see how it works, and we'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Probably going to suck. That's just my opinion. We don't know that for a fact. <laughs> but we're going to move on to this last story. And before we do that, I want to tell you about a new sponsor today, Bolo Intelligence. You can go to bolointel.com. You can learn about tracking systems. Now, if you're a Toro host, if you're a host on Get Around, you should have a tracking system in your vehicle. Hey, you got a new driver at your house? You should probably get an inexpensive tracking system that you can just plop right into the car very easily so you can learn about where your teenager is is going, how they're driving, what speed. Hey, do you have an elderly parent that you just can't take their license away or take their car away yet? <laughs> this is also great for that. It's, it's inexpensive. A lot. We have a lot of different products on that website. You can go to bolointel.com and learn more about tracking systems today. It's Their logo is absolutely amazing. It yeah, is so so unique. It's, it's so one of amazing. my new, it's one of my new projects. And when I sent it to Big Man, he had a lot of opinions, and all of his opinions are historically stupid. When it comes I'm to telling branding. you, they're it's awesome. It's very yeah. very familiar. He's being, sar- he's being super sarcastic. He can't tell the difference between the sun and the moon. So there you um, go. So this last story is, I think, very interesting. Of course, you so, do. You you definitely think it's interesting. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. So YouTubers Logan Paul and KSI, I don't even care about KSI. He's uninteresting to me. Um, uh, but he's huge in the United Kingdom. So these two, KSI, so this the YouTube boxing phenomenon started in the UK. So, okay. Yeah, so K, it, 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 the Americans took it and ran with it, but it really starts in the UK. And KSI did a boxing match where he calls out Logan Paul and says, I'll fight any of the Paul brothers, even the dad. And this is right after Logan had the controversy a couple years ago. And this Mm kind of rehabilitated Logan's image in the eye of the public. Now, what ended up happening is these two had another fight. Logan Paul goes on to fight, you know, Lloyd Mayweather last year, which was wild. Um, And these two, uh, you know, you know, a podcast a couple of months ago, and they seem friendly. They went from being these harsh rivals with, and it was it didn't seem like a fake rivalry, like put on for boxing fans. It was right. a legitimate rivalry. As far and, as the world was concerned, these two did not like each other. The fights were promoted correct. in the way that like they, they didn't like each, each other. other. Correct. The 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 all of the things that were done, you know, at least on camera, were of they didn't like each other and, and this kind of the, stuff. I get so the it was a surprise that, that, that these two are working together on a right. brand. So here's what's really brilliant to me. They, because people thought this was going to be a trilogy where they end up fighting each other a third time. They the thought that's th- what the announcement was going to be, right? right. That so, they were going to so, fight each other a third time. So what, what's interesting is, um, you know, th- these guys say, you know, they do all this build up. We're going to have this big announcement. They kind of set up some of the promos that look like it's going to be the announcement for a third boxing match. It's not. It's this announcement that they're working on. They've they've launched. And so, here's the interesting thing. We talk about a lot of things on this podcast where this thing is coming, right? Sony's mm-hmm. going to make a car. It's coming. They said, we're launching this thing, and you can just go to Kroger today and buy it. Right. right? And here's what the genius of this to me. These two have disparate 
audiences. Something the big man loves to talk about on this podcast, building an audience. Mm-hmm. You have to build an audience. Tell you what, pew, pew, pew. Tell you who you got to build yourself an audience. Tell you what. And it's still true. Go ahead. Correct. And they have audiences that are, interestingly enough, for internet content creators that are specific to the United States and specific to the UK. So they have and these they are, two they are fans. They their yes, audience is fans. They they crave fans. They they crave not only the 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 stuff, the type of content that these people put out, but, but also products. crave these products. So yeah. Prime Hydration is what it's called. And yeah. I, as soon as I read that, I thought uh, Coach Prime. Amazon there's only Prime? one Prime. Well, no, even before Amazon Prime, there was a Prime. He was a yeah. Cow- Dallas Cowboys football player, and they oh. even still today he's a coach, and he's Coach Prime because yeah. he was prime time, and he kind of yeah. that name kind of belongs to him. Yeah, so, the, the only Prime I'm worried about is Optimus. So. <laughs> prime hydration, but look, Prime yeah. hydration. Look, here, I don't want to get too far into the 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 boxing no. thing, but here, KSI, the Paul brothers, these are at their core, they are entertainers. Right, the KSI started out as a uh, a streamer, right, a gaming streamer, right. But he you, played, he played FIFA, which which is one of the reasons he's not an American. We don't care about nobody listen, cares about soccer, but we love PewDiePie in America, but we don't give a frick about soccer. But so. he well, but he did create a, a then a streaming company called Sideman. My children yeah. watch some of these YouTube videos because it's like really? he was kind of on the well. KSI, when he was young, made yeah. very kid-friendly kind of okay. streaming, and then he got some known. buddies in on it, and then this became a Sidemen project, right. and 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 they're made for kids, right? That that became a trend now, okay. a decade yeah. later, watching people watch video games and highlights and Fortnite yeah. highlights, and it's a thing, right? And right. KSI, even though a lot of these videos that my kids watch, are, they don't know that they're six, seven, eight years old. Right? Right, right, as far right. as the, yeah, the yeah. age of the Fair video, yeah, they yeah. just know that they're watching something funny, right? Correct. And okay, some of them right. have KSI in it, and he's not being belligerent. This is before his rap days, before yeah, when yeah, he yeah. was trying to create that audience and appeal right. to the most amount of people. And he was funny, and he did all these things. Here's my point, though. He now owns a vodka line in the yeah. UK. He owns a chain of restaurants. He's an entertainer. He's a businessman. Right. The Paul brothers yeah, have gone from being YouTubers... To right. being entertainers, to being businessmen, right? Right, yeah. To me, and now, and I say I don't want to go too far into the boxing thing because to me, I put their boxing matches in that category. They it's are 100%, entertainment. It's 100% entertainment. But as someone who loves combat sports, let me tell you, it's all a gimmick. They, they're legitimately fighting people, I, but to put... Here's all I'm saying. I can't even tell you that they're legitimately fighting, but but are they punching each other? Absolutely. That's is it saying. is it worldwide wrestling entertainment? No. Well, they punch each other no. either, no, but no, it's no. still scripted. I don't okay. know that for a fact. My point okay. is, it's, well, it's entertainment, I'm saying, right? I, I'm and it's working. It's scripted. Yeah, it's working. It's working. So, so here's what I will say. Here's why I think this is smart. Bev- the beverage industry is brutal. It is a brutal it, industry. It one hundred percent is. The fact that they have distribution that's this wide already off the rip, two guys who have, I don't care where the heck they went, who they partnered with, the fact that they have distribution that this wide, that is international, mm-hmm. is bonkers. Okay? Yeah. Now, let me tell you, I love the beverage industry, 
And so I've watched so many videos of, you know, Rohan Oza, who's, you know, occasional on Shark Tank, most of their stuff. It is homicide. You will die in this industry. But the ones who win, the ones who figure out distribution, all that other stuff, they print money. And here's how they end up printing money. They don't print money on sales today. They exit. They end up, here's what's going to happen. I predict in less than three years' time, Coca-Cola will end up owning Prime, and these guys will each walk away with a cool 50 million bucks. Well, they own everything else. PepsiCo and Coca-Cola make it impossible around the world to get into any form of the drinking industry. So so the drinks industry, beverages, uh, especially healthy beverage, here's what what Big Man said used to be the 100% truth. Here's what's happened. Pepsi and Coca-Cola realized, hey, wait, we'll let everybody else innovate. We'll sit back and we'll watch. We'll figure out who's scrappy. We'll figure out who builds the brand. We'll figure out who, you know, builds it up. And then we'll just show up and we'll buy them out for an offensive volume of money. It's what happened you know, to Snapple. It's what it's happened to Snapple created its own brand, its own correct. thing, its own whatever, and then just and got the bought Pepsi up. Just, yeah. So the one that in my lifetime that is really memorable is a smart uh, vitamin water and smart water. Oh, vitamin water and smart water. Sure. And that's where this model was kind of born of like, hey, why would we like we we're going to spend all this money on innovation. Let somebody else waste the money on innovation. Let them figure it out. And if they're smart enough to figure it out and if they're smart and the and the marketplace really latches on, we'll show up with so much money. They won't say no. Bags full of cash. Yes. Famously, um, 50 Cent owned 10% of vitamin water, and it made him $100 million on exit, right? He made $100 million. So I think what's going to happen is these guys absolutely are backed by some sort of larger business, right? They will well, at least from a distribution standpoint, right? They like at least be. They have to be because obviously the Paul brothers and KSI did not go out and buy a uh, by a distribution uh, manufacturing system. and right. distribution plant to create prime whatever um they, right. they they went to somebody right much yeah. like we were talking about the sony automotive went listen, to a, a car manufacturer Steyer, yeah listen i bet you a hundred bucks they didn't even go to somebody it was the other way around somebody's manager sure. said hey these two guys have a younger audience right that they so great for KSI. He has, owns a vodka company. Majority of his audience can't go buy vodka yet, right? Right. So, the, and a lot of these kids are probably athletic. They're probably playing school sports. They're probably drinking a Gatorade or a Powerade. So this isn't an energy drink. So their parents aren't worried about. It. They're gonna whatever. So, and you know it's got coconut water and it's all healthy and vitamins and blah blah blah, right? Well, so, even in the article, it says there's nothing new to this drink, right? It's very right. similar to other recipes that are currently on the market. Yes. But here's the deal. We all know that it's not always what you do. It's who you know, right? right. And in Correct. this case, you have KSI and the Paul brothers that they already have relationships. It's, it's not the what Paul brothers. It's just Logan, but yeah. Uh, then that really means it's the Paul brothers. They work. I doubt it. They, no. Their entire, and they have been their entire lives. It's all yeah, it's under true. the umbrella, right? Yeah. The point is, is you think whether it's Logan Paul or Jake Paul, that they're not leveraging each other's relationships to do they everything. Are. They are. They okay? are. So if you turn around and let's just say, even though Dana White has made it clear, very clear how he feels about the Paul 
brothers and vice versa. Mm -hmm. What if six months from now, three months from now, a month from now, uh, Prime Hydration is the official UFC yeah. drink, right? And that's what they're I, giving I, to all these people. That's what's on their ch the UFC TV show that comes out yeah. and whatever. What? Because they have that partnership. They have the ability to go they, make these they, partnerships. Yeah, and that's how you get to the public. Right. Dana White and Logan are familiar with each other, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. They don't have to like each other to get in business with each other, right? Uh, they the Paul don't have brothers, to, but, yeah. Dana White goes, "Hey, you got this this power drink, and that's what sports yeah. is. You want in the power industry, you got to get into the sports industry, right? And right, you, yeah. you're not going to get into the NFL, you're not going to get into yeah, baseball, right. you're not going to well, get into these other to, ones. To make it, you know, uh, Jake Paul apparently is in talks with, um, used to be called World, the World Fighting League or something called, a, I think it's called the Combat Sport. I forget what it is." But okay. he is in a contract with, I would call them number three in combat sports. You know, it, it's obviously UFC number one. Then a country mile is number two, Bellator. Then these guys, PFL. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I, I do, I'm listen, I just think, I just want to applaud the genius of this, this move, right? Like I said, within three to five years, these boys will exit with a $50 million payday minimum. And that's not including the, the, the millions they're going to make on the way. But the real the real business here is the exit. And I do think that they're going to be getting bought probably by Pepsi because, uh, you know, Coca-Cola owns a lot of this space. So Pepsi's going to going to want some, too. So, yeah, I look that again, I'm never been a huge fan of the Paul Brothers, KSI, mm -hmm. a lot of people very similar to them. However, I cannot like someone and appreciate the a certain thing about them. in this tactic, case yeah. the business they are mm. entertainers that have right. built multifaceted businesses at this Correct. standpoint um yeah. doing things that guess what they wanted to do like yeah. They built that look very Joe Rogan esque, very yes. your mom's house esque, yeah, yeah. very whatever. Hey, this is something I enjoy doing. Let's see if we can make some money at it. For the hey. Paul brothers, it was YouTube, and then it right. was boxing, and that, right. you know what I mean. All these different things. And hey, I follow Logan Paul on Instagram, and he is posting stories of his fans going to the store and buying all the stock. Of right? course, why not? So, I love. I'm a fa I'm a fanboy of a lot of different things. But I've never understood <clears throat> fandom at the scale where you go, I need to help this multimillionaire make more money. I, I don't see, I don't understand stuff. that either. I don't either. But again, yeah. that's the kind of power that they sway, right? Like that's yes, the kind which of is impressive. dedication. And which they it it is so wild that these guys launch and there are people who, you know, with every tactic, with everything under their belt, could not say uh, you can go today and buy my new beverage at Walmart, Kroger, Whole Foods. That's wild. It's unbelievable that they have that kind of they, they, they and that their 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 people go out and buy it and and spend oodles amount of money on it to sell it out because yes. they want to be the person that that pulls up a picture on Insta, puts up a picture on Instagram at Logan Paul or whatever his name yes. is on Instagram yeah, and say, Paul. I bought this entire bed. Yeah, shelf, uh, yes. Of it. Still... And they get, they get tweeted back by Logan Paul going, Oh, that's so awesome. That's listen for those people who I don't, I presume they don't have tons of money. The fact that they're the repayment that they're looking for is 
Logan Paul reposted my story on yes, Instagram or acknowledged me in some way. Okay, bro. Good for here's the thing. Good for you. I'm a believer in the free market. If the market is responding in that way and somebody's using their limited funds to support you, God bless. Uh, I'm not here to tell mm -hmm. other people what to do with their money. I agree. Um, so good for them. I, I just agree. thought it was, listen, and the fact that Big Man hates this story so much is one of the reasons I put it in. So. Yes. So, you know, that's hey, that's how Danny feels. Hey, y'all, I just want to end off with, as, as I do with, on every episode, with my uh, tip of the week, which, of course, this week is today's conspiracies, conspiracies are tomorrow's science. So just to let you <laughs> that know. That. No, not true at all. But well, thank well, you. That remains to be seen. So. We'll see you next time, folks. Bye.